Welcome to Two Champs and a Chump Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Larry Evans, Michael Downs, and Jim Ruddle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 2 of Two Champs and a Chump Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Larry Evans, along with my co-hosts, Michael Doms and Jim Ruddle. Thank you for joining us. So what's new, fellas? How was your weekend? Hi, Larry. Hi, Jim. I hope you guys are well. My weekend was great. My youngest daughter came up from Tennessee, so we got to spend time with her and the rest of the family. I smoked ribs and chicken wings, and we had a nice barbecue on Sunday, and it was a great time. What about you, Jim? Yeah, what about me? The top five things I did this weekend. No, I'm just kidding. I, did, I didn't do diddly squat this weekend. But I did finally start watching Dexter, which was a high spot. But mostly just preparing my list and, and just mentally preparing for my new gig. The summer gym is now over. Okay. All right, so in today's episode, we're going to continue our top 10 rankings. This episode, we will cover wide receivers and tight ends. Um, just a note, we recorded this episode before camps opened and before it was reported that Chris Godwin would not be placed on the PUP list, and also before the Julio Jones signing with the Buccaneers. So due to this, I have since moved Mike Evans down to number seven. Okay, with that being said, let's get into it. So now we are to our top 10 wide receivers. So I'll go ahead and I'll go through my list and then uh, pass it over to you, Mike and, and Jim. So okay. at number one, I have Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase at number two, Justin Jefferson at uh, number three, Mike Evans at number four, Devontae Adams at five, C.D. Lamb at six, T. Higgins seven, Adam Thielen at eight, Tyreek Hill at 9, Stefan Diggs at 10, and then I have Michael Pittman and Mike Williams as my 11 and 12. Okay, Mike, what do you have? Okay, uh, I have Jamar Chase at 1, Cooper Cup at 2, number 3 is C.D. Lamb, number 4 is Stefan Diggs, number 5 is Justin Jefferson, number 6, Tyreek Hill. Number seven, Devontae Adams. Number eight, T. Higgins. Number nine, Mike Evans. Number 10, DJ Moore. Number 11, Michael Pittman. And 12, Keenan Allen. All right, Jim, who, who do you have? Okay, just let me preface this by saying in doing a lot of basketball drafts this year, it's pretty unanimous that Justin Jefferson and Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase. They go one, two, three. They're in the top 10 of every best ball draft I've been involved with so far. I've done 15 to 20 of them. When it's somebody's going to break that, that chain, anytime there's a, a year where it's just unanimous three guys, somebody always jumps up ahead. So I have my number one is C.D. Lamb this year, number two, Justin Jefferson, three, Cooper Cup who I'm very skeptical on, but I just the sheer volume, I can't not put him in my top 10. Four, I like T. Higgins better than Jamar Chase, but T. Higgins, four. Devontae Adams, five. Mike Evans, six. Jamar Chase, seven. Michael Pittman Jr., eight. Keenan Allen, nine. 
And then I have Cortland Sutton as my number 10, who might be Jerry Judy, but I'm going to go with Cortland Sutton because he's the proven guy. Uh, 11, I like Juju Smith-Schuster. And 12, I like A.J. Brown. Okay. All right. So we have a few that are different. So you two have C.D. Lamb much higher than me. Um, Jim, you've got him number one. Mike, you've got him number three. I've got him at number six. So why don't you guys, you know, tell, tell everybody why you're so high on CD lamb. Well, Mike, I'll, I'll go because I got him at number one. I just think he's going to have that dominant breakout year. If, uh, Michael Gallup was healthy and them two were together, Lamb would be in my top 10, but I don't think I'd have him number one. It's, you know, it's unsure when Gallup's going to come back. I do like Dalton Schultz at t- tight end. Uh, I don't like Ezekiel Elliott as a, as a pass catcher. I just think he's going to be drilled the ball. all. He's just going to be the guy in that Dallas offense. And, and he's basically going to carry Dak Prescott into a top 10 finish quarterback. Yeah, I'll just say I agree. And I think... Uh... I think between Gallup coming back later and Schultz worrying, seems to be worrying more about his contract. I just see this. It's like a natural third year jump for Lamb. So, I mean, I just look at it that he really hasn't done anything as of yet. And maybe this is his breakout year. He definitely is going to have the opportunity um, being the number one in that offense now. So, you know, hopefully he steps up. But, you know, he would definitely be my number one if his name was C.D. Nuts rather than C.D. <laughs> Lamb. With the middle name Zach, Zach, Zachary, C.D.'s Nuts. <laughs> All right, so I have Mike Evans at number four, which is much higher than where you guys have him. Uh, Jim, you have him at six. Mike, you have him at nine. And again, it's just one of those things that you know, to me, he's just the natural number one there during the first part of the season, um, you know, with Godwin either not being ready at the beginning of the season or not being at 100% at the beginning of the season. And Russell Gage is just another guy, you know. So, you know, it stands to reason, and plus with Gronkowski not there anymore, it just stands to me that Mike Evans is just going to be targeted left and right. Yeah, you could you could, my same argument for CD Lamb you can make for Mike Evans, except CD Lamb is just that much younger. He doesn't have as many miles on the on the tread. Um, this is more about my belief that Dak will ascend this year and Brady will decline, or else I'd ha- I'd have Evans probably too, but I don't believe in Brady this year. I don't believe in that team. And with me, it. I don't have any problem with where you have him, Larry. And for me, it's just I think between uh, slots four and nine is probably going to be a difference of about 15 points total for the year. So it's just kind of who fits where. Yeah, I can go with that. Yeah, I, I would agree. All right, so number eight, I have T. Higg, or I'm sorry, I, I have Adam Thielen. And, and I am so much higher on him. Than, than probably anybody at this point. Um, I just look at that offense, you know, he's always been good in that offense. He's always been a touchdown machine, getting the red zone targets. But he is definitely somebody now 
that with the new head coach, with them adopting the L.A. Rams style of offense, um, Justin Jefferson is obviously going to be the number one target for most defenses. Not necessarily for Kirk Cousin, but for most defenses, he's going to be the number one target, the number one person that they're going to want to take care of. Um, and, and that's just going to leave old man Adam Thielen, you know, there to scoop up targets and to scoop up touchdowns. And, and you know, in that offense, um, I just, I, I, I think very highly of him. My problem with Thielen is I, you're not, I, I have a hard time believing you're going to get 17 games out of him. And in this, this day and age, to make it in the top 10, you have to be playing 16, 17 games to score those kind of points. That other than that, the talents there, I agree with you. I think the offense is perfect for those receivers. I just don't think we get 17 games, and that's why he's not there for me. Okay. All right, so yeah, go ahead. The, my, my only thing, I mean, I put Adam Thielen basically in the same category as Joe Mixon as a guy that I seem to underestimate every year, and he's been doing it three, four years in a row now. I, I just think he's ready. He, he's too much tread in the tires. And, and Justin Jefferson's the man there. Too much talent. I, 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 you can't double cover him. Okay. So, Jim, at number eight, you have Michael Pittman Jr. That is definitely due to the Matt Ryan factor. Uh, while I don't see, uh, Matt Ryan is more of a game manager now. But I think he'll be very comfortable in that offense behind. This is the first offensive line he's had since the, the Super Bowl year for the Falcons. And, and Pittman's the, Pittman is without a doubt the man there. He's the, the number one in a good offense. I just think he steps up this year. Yeah, so you, you have him at number eight. Both Mike and I have him at number 11, so just outside the top 10. Yeah, and like Mike said, that how big of a difference is that going to be between 8 and 11, really? Yeah, I don't, like I said, between 8 and 11, I don't have any argument other than the fact that how, how many, and I guess we should be saying this, we probably will for Sutton, how many times does a quarterback go to a new team and just click like that? that that's asking an awful lot. That That's probably why Pittman's outside my top 10, but I think the talent's there. Yeah, and, and my, my thing with Pittman is I, I do think that Matt Ryan is obviously an upgrade in that offense. I mean, you know, Carson Wentz is just absolutely horrible, and I feel sorry for any wide receiver on, on Washington right now. But, oh, God. But, but the bottom line is, is, you know, Michael Pittman should be the man. There are a lot of times where he just didn't come down with the contested balls last year. And that's where I need to see him improve. And and if I can see that improvement out of him and he starts coming down with some of those contested balls, then, you know, maybe he, he does step up to that. But then again, maybe with Matt Ryan, there's not as many contested balls. Maybe those are, you know, maybe he's throwing him open. Very good point. No, I, I was just going to say, I mean, contested balls, especially a difference of just six inches better can make all the difference between the, in the world between a catch and a deflection, you know. Yeah. I, 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 Pittman is a re, definitely a reaction to Matt Ryan quarterback in that team. Yeah, at the end of the day, I don't have any real true argument with Jim having Pittman there. It's just semantics at this point, really. Right. Okay. So then at number 10, Mike, you have DJ Moore. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I would not have had him there if they did not go out and get Baker Mayfield. I just think, and I can't say made in heaven because that that's blasphemy. I think DJ Moore and Baker Mayfield are a match made in hell almost. I think <laughs> I think DJ Moore has been waiting three years for a quarterback like this, someone who can hit him long and hit him intermediate. And, and now there's going to be as many misses as there are hits, but you know DJ Moore, yeah, he's only had four touchdowns each year, but he's also had 1,100 yards or more each year. I think this year he's going to get that six to seven touchdowns that it takes to move him into the top ten. Yeah, DJ Moore is just waiting to have a Steve Smith type year. It's coming. It's coming. But whether it's going to be this year or next year, I don't know. But it's coming. Yeah, he he definitely needs to be on another team because he's just not going to get it on, on Carolina. I mean, you know, they have – I don't want to say they have the worst quarterbacks in the league because – um, Atlanta is going to hold that, uh, you know, going to hold that down right there for sure. But, you know, he's got by far one of the worst quarterback rooms that, that are there. And he has the absolute worst offensive coordinator. And because of that, I just don't want anything to do with that offense. I mean, DJ Moore is a great talent and, and it's unfortunately it's going to take him moving to a different team in order for him to really have his coming out party. I mean, Carolina should be behind in a lot of games this year. Garbage, just the old saying goes, garbage time counts as much as anything else. I could see him racking up numbers the second half of blowout games. He did it a couple times last year. Probably all four of his touchdowns were garbage time. Well, I'd be surprised if both the head coach and the offensive coordinator make it out of the season. Agreed. So... All right, so so Jim, you have Cortland Sutton at number ten. Yeah, this is more of the pressure of I. I feel Russell Wilson is going to have an MVP type season this year, resurgent, the same way Matt Ryan, uh, just being on a better team, and Cortland Sutton seems to be the guy that's going to be the number one there. Now he's got there's plenty of other guys there. I love Jerry Judy this year. Uh, I, I love, you know, their running back situation. You know, their whole offense is, is really good. I just, Cortland Sutton's going to be the number one there, but he's just squeaking into my top ten. It's just going to be a really good offense, and he's the number one guy. Yeah, and I, and I, I really like Cortland Sutton there as well. To me, Cortland Sutton fits that uh, DK Metcalf mold from Seattle as far as, you know, who Wilson's used to throwing to. He's the guy that is probably going to go for those those long balls and, and be able to jump up and take it away from the defensive back. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I just, I just think between Sutton, Judy, Patrick, and once he comes back, KJ Hamler, you have Albert. Oh, what a tight end he is or whatever his name is. (laughs) And you have the running backs. I, I just think there's too many weapons for one of them to be in the top 10. But I like I I think Sutton's a perfect fit for that offense though. Before we end the wide receivers, I mean the same argument I made for Ceedee Lamb, the same argument Mike Evans made for Larry, AJ Brown I think could have should be in the top if he had a better quarterback he should be in the top ten because everything we said number one guy you know I I guess he's got Devonta Smith with him but. I I just don't believe in that passing offense or AJ Brown should be much higher but I just don't see it. 
yeah, I, I don't see I don't see Hertz stepping up to throw the ball as much as what everybody else is thinking that they're going to. I mean, that team started out last year passing the ball, passing the ball, passing the ball, and they had a losing record. Then they went to running the ball, and that was their you know their their recipe for success. So I just I I don't think that. AJ Brown going there is going to dictate them going pass happy because you know Hertz just isn't the quarterback that's going to get him the ball consistently. Agreed. So, all right, so if we move on to top 10 tight ends. So, I have uh Travis Kelsey number 1, Mark Andrews number 2, Darren Waller number 3, George Kittle as number four, or George Brittle. Um, I have Dallas Goddard at five, Zach Ertz at six, Dalton Schultz at seven. I have Tyler Higby at eight, TJ Hawkinson at nine, Gerald Everett at 10, and then just outside of that, I have Irv Smith Jr., and then Kyle Pitts. At 12. Mike, who do you have? Okay, number one, I have the old man, Travis Kelsey. Number two, Mark Andrews. Number three, George Kittle. Number four, Dalton Schultz. Number number five, Kyle Pitts. Number six, Darren Waller. Number seven, Dallas Goddard. Number eight, Pat Fryermuth. Number nine, TJ Hawkinson. Number 10, Zach Ertz. And then outside my top 10 are Hunter Henry and Dawson Knox. Okay, Jim, who do you have? Well, I'll switch it up because I've got Mark Andrews as number one. This is the year that he takes over. Even though he, you know, he's been dominant. He won it last year. I think he does it again this year. George Kittle, two. Travis Kelsey, three. TJ Hawkinson, four. Dalton Schultz, five. Dallas Goddard, six. Zachary seven, Mike Gesicki eight, nine Irv Smith Jr. and ten Hunter Henry, with the honorable mention to Cameron Bray. Okay, all right. So Mike, you have Kyle Pitts at number five, which is higher than I don't even see him. He's not even on Jim's list, and I have him at number twelve. So I have no Pitts, no Waller. Okay. So, so uh, Mike, talk to us about Kyle Pitts. The only reason I have Pitts up there, I would have had him lower. I truly believe he's going to be a generational talent. The yards were there last year. The problem was touchdowns. I think he's going to, by luck, catch five or six touchdowns. And if he does that, he's number five for sure with those yards. I think he's going to have an uptick in yards. He's got no Ridley there this year. He's got, the problem is, they could probably probably almost triple team him because they don't have the talent at wide receiver. But I just, I think he's going to, if he can luck his way into a few touchdowns, he's going to have the numbers to be number five. Do they have the quarterbacks to get him the same yards that he had last year? In that division, possibly. I, I, in the shootouts that they're going to have. I mean, I hate, I hate Mariota, but... At some point, they're going to have to throw to somebody, and Pitts has the talent to do it. I just, there's no one else there. That's that's all I can say, really. 
No, I mean, the, the target, I mean, he's going to get the targets. There, there's no doubt he's the number one, he's out and out the number one target there. He's going to get them. But is, are they going to be completions? That's my only question. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I, I have zero, zero faith in Mariota. And even though he's going to be throwing the ball to Kyle Pitts, it may be five yards away from him. And that, and that's that's if he's more accurate. The only counter I'll say on that is that no or one three should yards before him. in their top ten either. All right. So then at uh, number eight, I have – so that that's where we kind of differ a little bit. I have Tyler Higby. Uh, Mike has Pat Fryermuth. So I'll just kind of go in on Higby a little bit, and that is that, to me, Tyler Higby had a down year last year. And, again, in that offense, that L.A. Rams offense, I just see him being one of their primary weapons, especially with this year. I don't know that they can count on that running game like they have with, you know, Cam Akers coming back or trying to come back from the Achilles injury. Um, you know, they do have, you know, Daryl Henderson there, but, um, you know, a lot of teams are, they're going to try and take away Cooper cup. They, they weren't successful doing it in the playoffs. That's for sure. Um, but, uh, they're going to try and take away Cooper cup. So somebody else is going to have to step up and whether or not that's going to be Robinson or Van Jefferson or Higby. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm throwing my hat in the ring for Higby uh, on getting those additional targets and actually making something. I don't have any argument with that. I, I, at some point in the last few years, all three of us have been big Higby fans. And I think it's mostly been because of injury, why he hasn't been there, but between eight and 11, honestly, a tight end, it can be anybody. And in that offense, it could be Higby. I don't have any argument there. It, it could be anyone from 8 through 11 in my book. I mean, I do think Higby is num- at least number three in that offense for targets. Maybe that's a negative, but in that offense, it's a positive too. So, Yeah, and number three in targets for, for a tight end, um, you know, yeah. I, I, that's I, huge. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> And I mean, Larry, we, we had a, let's just say, we had a discussion yesterday because I asked the room, why does nobody like Cameron Bray? And you told me he he had his opportunities last year when Gronk was hurt and he just never produced. I'm going to make the same argument for Tyler Higby. Now, maybe it stings me because I had Tyler Higby on my fantasy team last year, counting on him big time, and he just didn't do anything. I mean... All I was expecting is one or two big games, and he just didn't do it. I, I mean, I'm just all I'm saying is I'm, I'm probably higher on break than I am Higby because I got burned last year. You yeah, know, fa- that's just being enough, human. Fair enough. <laughs> so, so uh, Mike, you have Pat Fryermuth at number eight. Okay, uh, this is based on once again with Pitts. Someone in that offense has to catch passes. I see a. I see a jump up for Friar Muth. I uh, I just don't. I mean, Deontay Johnson's going to get his, but after that, is I see Claypool do okay. I just think uh, Trubisky is going to do just enough to feed a few miles in that offense. And once again, it's from eight to twelve. It could be anybody. I just I have a gut feel on Friar Muth, and that's why I see him there. 
He definitely produced a lot more than I thought he was going to last year. But that again, that was with Roth, Roethlisberger throwing to him. And and I do like Pat Fryermuth. The only problem that I have with him putting him in in my top ten anyway is uh, with that offensive line. He may be doing a lot more blocking than he is pass catching. Solid point. So, um, all right. So at number nine, Jim, you have Irv Smith Jr. Just a guy that was talked up, talked up, talked up last year, and unfortunately he got hurt in the preseason, so he was never really able to show anything. And just everything that I've been reading about the guy, he's, I I don't know, just like you were talking about with the the Thielen and the Jefferson and that offense, he's just going to be an important cog in that offense. He's not going to be a superstar, but he'll get his share of touchdowns. Yeah, I've got nothing bad to say about him at all. I mean, I, I, I think that the potential is there, and hopefully he turns that potential into production. And honestly, I, I think he takes, for the same reasons I don't like Thielen in the end zone anymore, I mean, I think Irv Smith Jr. is going to eat into that. Thielen's probably going to be the guy that gets hurt the most by Irv Smith Jr., my opinion. And I agree. I have nothing bad to say. I love Irv Smith. I just, the only thing, reason he's not in my top 10, it's show me. Show me he can stay healthy. If he can stay healthy, he's absolutely going to finish top I can 10. agree with that. Yep. All right, so at number 10, I have Gerald Everett. Um, so, again, this may be the whole thing, you know, like you said, Mike, at, at one point I think all three of us had, you know, one or two of these tight ends when they were on the Rams, um, and he's now with the Chargers. And, you know, I, I – Everybody says that uh, Justin Herbert does not use the tight end, but really what tight end has he had? He had, he had cook last year, but you know, I, that guy would take a wheelchair. Where's cook room. this year? And, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you had old, old man cook. Let's just call him old man <laughs> cook. You know, you know, he, he, he scored, I think, four or five touchdowns um, in that offense. And I I think Gerald Everett is, uh, you know, really talented. He really didn't do anything in Seattle last year. But then again, that's kind of a byproduct of that offense as well, that that they really don't go to the tight end. So I I really do like him this year. I think I'm banking more on the talent. Um, We'll see. Yeah, same. just what like what Mike said with Irv Smith Jr. Gerald Everett for me is almost like a show-me. He's had Russell Wilson. He, you know, he's been in the Rams offense. He's been in the Seattle offense with, with Russell. Show me breakout. I, I, I just have a hard time believing it. Even though that offense is going to be dynamic, I just have a hard time seeing it. Yeah, and I, I agree with Jim, but I also agree with Larry. I think after you get past the top three or four, you could flip a coin on these tight ends almost. And plus, they, they've got a couple young guys that they did use around Cook, that Parnum. Those guys, they're really high on those guys. I don't know if Everett gets the full share. He, he'll be the tight end one, but I don't think the split will be dramatic. I think it's going to be yeah. an equal timeshare with the, with the younger guys. Well, and yeah, and you also have those other two uh, wide receivers that are going to be uh, catching targets, too. Yeah, behind Allen and, and Williams. Yeah, well, I really like Palmer oh, me in too. that offense Absolutely. as well. So. Yeah, because both Allen and Williams, there's no way both of them make it play 17 games this year. Well, and this may be the last year for Allen, right? I mean, that may be Palmer stepping up and taking that job Could next be. year Could for be. him. Yep. So, 
All right, so you have, Jim, you have Hunter Henry as your number 10. Good offense. Name me three wide receivers from the Patriots. Hunter Henry's just a touchdown machine. That's all, that's all I got. He's number 10, and it's going to be based solely upon his end zone touches. He didn't really do anything else last year. Yeah, and unfortunately, my comments aren't going to be against it because Hunter Henry was my number 11. Somewhat, he's only one only one in that offense that's probably going to catch touchdowns because they don't have anyone else besides Devontae Parker. But <laughs> yeah, 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 that, yeah, that, that's the, that I was going to laugh too. So I, I don't have any problems with Hunter Henry there. I like Hunter Henry. Um, again, this is one of those situations where I kind of look at the offensive coordinator. So there's a big gap with um, McDaniels leaving and now they're saying that Joe Judge is going to be calling the offense. And I just don't want any part of any Joe Judge run offense. Understandable, but the Patriots are going to be a good team. I, I, I like Mac Jones showed enough last year. Despite the play calling, I think that, you know, they're going to be conservative. I mean, Hunter Henry kind of fits into that, too. They're going to be conservative, probably. Yeah, we know so, Belichick if... Uh... If Judge sucks after four weeks, he's going to be out. So, I have full faith in that. Okay, well, we have wrapped up our top ten at the wide receiver and tight end position. Do you guys have anything else to add? Well, I mean, I like Gasicki in Miami this year just because uh, the Smurfs that the Dolphins currently have at wide receivers. I just think Gasicki breaks out a little bit. If he can stay healthy, he breaks out this year because he's the only big target for Tua to look at. Or excuse me, for I Teddy think. Bridgewater to look at. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, I think Gesicki's a lost cause in that offense this year. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've never been a Gesicki fan, and I'm not uh, jumping on that bandwagon now. So. No, I won't, it's not a bandwagon. It's just situation. Yeah. So that is going to do it for us today. Thank you for joining us. Please don't forget to follow us on our socials and subscribe or favorite the podcast and give us a review. I can be found on Twitter at fantasy underscore Larry. Mike? I, Michael, can be found on Twitter at domination, spelled D-A-H-M-I-N-A-T-I-O-N. And how about you, Jim? And I can be found on Twitter at Jim Ruddle Chump, Chump in all uh, capital letters. Although I don't know how to use the thing yet, so... Use Larry and Mike first. (laughs) All right. So on our next episode, we will discuss who our sleepers and busts are. And then from all of us, thank you for listening and have a great rest of your day. See you next time.